North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Hey guys, it's Dr. Low Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and I have a great show in store for you tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. If you're new to the show, welcome. It's great to have you. I am a naturopathic doctor here in San Diego, and I serve patients here locally and all over the country. And really my areas of expertise in the areas of autoimmune disease, thyroid disorders, um, as well as um, I love focusing on fertility for women. And something that I treat a lot in my practice, which I never really thought that it would be um, an area of expertise, is, is heart health. Because so much of what's going on with the heart, you know, is related to a lot of these other things I was talking about, like your hormones, your digestive health. It all is connected. And so for the show tonight, I wanted to focus on heart health. And it's the number one killer um, of Americans is heart disease. And, you know, and we hear about things like obesity and diabetes and our sedentary life and all of these things do play a part into this and for my show tonight I have a, a good friend who's um, a, a guest on the show and she's going to be shedding some light on this condition and, and things that you can do naturally to empower yourself to heal your heart have a strong heart and even potentially reverse heart disease I recorded this show a couple of months ago, so it was my first recorded show. All my other shows have been live, so bear with me if there's any technical difficulties, but I think we did a pretty good job. A fun announcement. I'm very excited. This coming weekend, I will be speaking at Fit Life Live. That's on June 25th and 26th. I'll be speaking on Sunday morning, the 26th, all about gut health and really shedding light on the mind-gut connection and how to uh, improve your gut health, how to use your psychology to improve your gut, and also how your gut can improve your psychology. So it'll be, I think, a really interesting talk. Also, my clinic, Shine Natural Medicine, we will be there um, doing a booth, doing IV therapy, doing um, vitamin shots, and uh, just spreading the, the, the love of health. And if you guys are in the San Diego area, it'd be great to see you. You can go over to fitlifelive.com. That's fitlifelive.com. And for my Dr. Low Radio listeners, I have a special discount code for you guys, which is LIVE400, L-I-V-E 400. If you enter that at checkout, you get $400 off your registration. I do believe, last I heard, there are a few seats left, so you're able to come. That would be so great to see you. And even, hey, if you're not local, if you want a last-minute little vacay to San Diego, it's not too bad of a place to escape to. Thank you so much for the love over on iTunes, on the reviews, for those who have left reviews. If you love the show and you've gotten some value out of it, please go over there to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Tell me a little bit about what you love about the show and also anything that there's any specific benefits you've gotten. And also if you have any recommendations for future guests or things you'd like to hear about, I'm all ears. I'm all about serving you guys and what's going to empower you the most in your health. To learn a little more about me and my practice, also if you're looking to maybe uh, dive into the world of naturopathic medicine and experience it for yourself firsthand, you can go over to shinenaturalmedicine.com. We have a team of doctors who are committed to serving you and getting to the root cause of 
what's going on health-wise because it's really more than just symptoms. It's really looking under the hood and seeing what's going on there, and that's what it's all about. And also, once we do discover what the issues are, there's so many different options you have besides just medications to get better, things like herbal medicine, nutrition, lifestyle changes, and sometimes just talking to a doctor is part of the medicine too, just feeling like you're heard and you're understood. So I'd love if you guys could check us out over at shinenaturalmedicine.com. You can sign up for email updates and we'll keep you in the loop of what we're doing um, over on that front. So with all that said, let's jump into the show all about heart health. My guest on the show tonight, I've actually wanted to have on for years, and I don't know why it's taken so long to have her on, but she's been a friend of mine in the health space for many years now. I think when she first met me, I was actually a medical school student, I'm pretty sure. So (laughs) she's kind of seen my progression over the years, and tonight we're going to be talking about a really important topic, and this is on heart health. And I don't know if we've really done, I think we've done maybe one or two on this in the last few years, but you know... Heart health and when it comes to like heart attacks, it's, it's different of how it affects women versus men. So knowing the differences is really important and how to educate yourself to where if you ever see any of these, any of these warning signs, you may have an idea of what could be going on. So tonight we'll talk more about that and also what you can be doing more naturally for heart health from a prevention standpoint, from supplementation, um, and we'll talk about some common myths that you hear about. So tonight we have Dr. Dana Cohen on the show. She is over on the East Coast, over in New York. She's renowned by her peers and her patients for her nuanced practice of integrative medicine. medicine. Um, In practice for 15 years, she trained under the late Dr. Robert Atkins, also Dr. Ronald Hoffman, who was was one of our first guests five years ago. Um, He's a pioneer of integrative medicine and the founder of the Hoffman Center in New York. She earned her medical doctorate from uh, St. George's University School of Medicine and completed a three-year internal residency, internal medicine residency at Albany Medical Center. Dr. Cohen's been certified by the, Amer- by the American Board of Internal Medicine in 1998 and was recently a- uh, appointed to the Board of Directors for the American College for Advancement in Medicine, the leading voice of integrative medicine for more than 1,500 MDs, DOs, and NDs. And um, she's just kind of a rockin' chick, and we'll talk with her a lot more and get to know her a little bit more. Dr. Cohen, thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Oh, thank you, Lauren. So nice to speak with you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, totally. It's just bizarre you haven't been on yet. And when I when we first met, was I still a medical student at the time? You were, yes. Okay. You were still in medical school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's yep. wild. It's been that was at um, at ACAM. I know. Yes. I couldn't get enough of that stuff. It was so so good. I know. And yeah, and it just I felt like it gave me so much more, you know, it, just so much more training in the world of integrated medicine. More, so much more beyond than what I got in, in naturopathic school. So any of you ND students or naturopathic doctors listening, please go get involved in these integrated medicine conferences. They're just so great. So ACAM's amazing. I4M or A4M, IFM, IFM. <laughs> They're two yeah. different things. Yeah. Um, but they all just give you so much more, you know, and, and all the cutting research stuff. So kind of yes. a fun world. I miss it at this point. Yeah. And yeah. ACAMP's become, um, full, you know, naturopaths can become full members now. Oh, so, um, yeah, it's a great organization, really incredible information, 
grounded really based in, in good science. Mm-hmm. And I always give their website to people who are looking for, you know, a holistically trained, um, conventional doctor. So if you're looking for an MD or a DO in your area, you can always look at the ACAM site. So that's ACAM.org and you can look in your area and find someone near you. And so you're practicing out there in New York. What's, what's new in your world? Is, are you still doing like a private practice or what's kind of the way yeah. set up now? Okay. Yeah. I'm in, um, I'm in private practice. So I'm a dying breed of doctors, <laughs> um, solo practice right across from Columbus circle. And, um, I love it. I can, you know, I just love it. I know it's a, it's a fun profession to be in. And in this topic on health, heart health tonight is we see it pretty differently from a more holistic viewpoint, right? It's more than just, okay, you have a family history of this, you need to go on a statin or, you know, you have high <laughs> cholesterol, let's just put you on this medication. There's more to it than just, you know, a lot of the misconceptions. How do you kind of see yeah. heart health from more of a holistic view? Well, you know, I just, what you just said just reminded me of something, you know, we're not our genes. And I think that's first and foremost, what we have as integrative doctors really focus on how we can, you know, we may have those genes, but the way that they're expressed depends on what we put in our bodies, what we put on our bodies, how we change our environments, our stress, that kind of thing. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's what we all preach, what we both preach. It's looking at root cause and making changes in your life. And so if you have a family member who has high cholesterol, doesn't mean you're going to be on a statin drug or, you know, and, or, and even if you have high cholesterol, first line therapy is to, is diet and exercise. I don't know how that ever got lost in translation, but doctors now are just prescribing it like water. And in fact, I think there was a talk when they wanted to put statins in the water supply. I remember that. Yeah. That was a real thing. Crazy. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That is crazy. And so if, and, and, and even sometimes is, is high cholesterol, cholesterol, or maybe slightly elevated cholesterol, is that even always that big of a deal? Are there times that that really isn't that much of an issue? No, it's not. Um, really good question because I, I don't, you know, I'm not sure about what I'm sure you are probably in your practice, but I'm now doing all this really advanced cardiometabolic testing mm-hmm. where we're looking at, um, you know, particle sizes and we're looking at inflammatory markers and, and, and genetics and putting all of these and, and, pre, and blood sugar and prediabetes and really putting all those numbers together and, and coming up with a, a more, sort of um, rational way of treating. Instead of looking at numbers of high cholesterol, we now know that, you know what, inflammation is probably a a little bit worse or, you know, something worse that we need to look for and treat Mm -hmm. uh, versus that number. And and, and then maybe even consider doing some other, even further testing like um, calcium scoring for heart disease where you're doing these um, electron beam or ultra-fast CT scans to look and see if there's any calcium in your arteries and that can guide you on whether or not to treat the high cholesterol, Mm. you know? So there's, there's, there's so much more than just a number on your cholesterol, which so many doctors today are still just looking at that number and saying, oh, you know, your, your LDL, your bad cholesterol is high. You need to go on a statin drug without even doing any further thinking or testing. Right. And they don't really see that it's high maybe because of inflammation and there could be inflammation going up from lots of other reasons. You know, inflammation can go up for, if you're having a hard workout or if you're under more stress, if you're eating more sugar or, 
you know, eating things like pesticides or toxins in your food, all of these can create more inflammation. And um, I think people don't realize that cholesterol can be elevated as a result of something else. If there is that inflammation or, um, you know, cholesterol, is, some believe it to be an antioxidant. So there's more free radical damage that can go up from that. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so for people at home who want to, you know, maybe get some of these more advanced testing, they, they would be asking their doctor for maybe particle size, particle number, right? Maybe CRP for inflammation, homocysteine. Yeah. The, ones. Exactly. There's a company based out of Boston called Boston Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're doing this unbelievable advanced metabolic, cardiometabolic testing. Um, and they take almost every insurance and, and not only do they do the testing, they, they give you, um, lifestyle plans to follow for free afterwards. You get all this information back. I use them almost exclusively in my practice. Mm-hmm. So it's, and they're, they're all over the country. It's, it's called Boston Heart and they're, um, phenomenal company for, for doing some testing. I love Boston Heart. We've been yeah. using them for years and, and I love how they add some of the genetic markers. Like you said, I, I believe this one has APOE on it, right? It does. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what's APOE yeah. for people who aren't aware of that? So APOE is just a genetic marker that shows a family history, um, that you could have this gene of increased cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, it's just that genetic marker with a family history and high cholesterol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that can also affect, um, someone's Alzheimer's risk, right? The APOE. Yes. Gene. Yes. Yeah. I'm blessed to have that one. Um, all right, but we're not our genes. There we go. We're not our genes. I know there's so many things I can do to prevent that from ever showing up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. And then, so bone health, you know, we talk about a lot in our practices too. Bone health and heart health can actually have a connection, right? Yes. And this is, this is my really new, exciting thing that I'm, I'm really excited to talk about. So, um, you know, as you know, a couple years ago, there was all this, this rigmarole about eating too much calcium can cause plaque in our arteries because it, it, it's thought that it, too much calcium can put calcium in your arteries. Mm-hmm. So I know me as an integrative doctor was really worried about that, stopped prescribing calcium or making sure that you had some magnesium with your calcium, but still worried about too much calcium in your diets and supplements. But even too much calcium in your diet can, can be a problem. And there's, there's studies linked to that. But we know that we need calcium for bone health. We need calcium to, to strengthen our bones. So what do you do about it? And, and this, you're going to start to hear about what I'm, about, it's actually vitamin K, vitamin K2. You're going to start to hear about vitamin K the way that we heard about vitamin D a few years ago. Mm. So what does vitamin K2 do? What it does is it pulls calcium from your arteries and puts it into your bones. And it's a very powerful um, inhibitor of, of, of calcium depositing into your arteries and very potent um, strengthener of your bones by putting the calcium into your bones. So you need vitamin K and specifically the form is K2 um, and it is the the last of what we now know um, true vitamin deficiency in in our Western culture. Mm. Yeah, really and, exciting. And people get this from food, right? But obviously, we know that foods are not as healthy as they once were, and our digestive tracts don't work as well as they used to. So that's why things like supplementation are a good option. But for people who maybe their digestive tract is working great and they love to get this from their food, yeah. what are 
places they can get this in their diet? So um, it's even with, um, so the best food that you could possibly get it from is is a, it's a Japanese fermented soybeans called natto. I don't know if you've ever tried natto. Have you ever tasted it? I've never tried it. I prescribed it in supplements, but yeah. No, it's, natto is, is the food. It's this cereal, this fermented soy that they eat for breakfast. It's horrible. <laughs> it's unbelievably horrible. But, but you know, it's, it's, I, I liken it to Marmite or Vegemite. I don't know if you've ever tasted that. Yeah, I just went to Australia and they had Vegemite out there. I didn't eat How it because it, it had that? gluten in it, but ugh. It's an acquired taste. <laughs> so um, natto is the highest source of vitamin K um, in, in the diet, and it's, uh, it's, it's hard to get and it's hard to eat. Um, other sources, though, is our fermented foods like um, yogurt and hard cheeses, grass-fed beef, but you have to eat so much of it to really get what we need in our vitamin K. We're, not, we're just not getting it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really looking to start uh, supplementing vitamin K in children's multivitamins. Mm. Um, and, and as adults, there's been some really good studies that um, supplementing it increases bone strength and, de- and in, wait, and decreases arterial, increases arterial flexibility. So it makes mm. your arteries more flexible, mm. um, less, you know, atherosclerotic. Yeah, that makes sense if it's yeah. taking it from that place and, you know, yeah, delivering and that. Yeah. Those studies have shown, yeah. So in your opinion, do you think that people should never take calcium unless they're taking it with vitamin K or if they have an actual deficiency? I think, no, I, 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 do, I do think, I go back to taking calcium. I think they should not take it alone. Um, and I think in reasonable, in a reasonable Amounts, mm-hmm. so like a thousand milligrams a day in divided doses, along with vitamin K, mm-hmm. along with vitamin D, along with magnesium. Yeah, all of those things will help put that calcium into your bones, and then the vitamin K takes it out of your arteries. Mm-hmm. And other types of vitamin K are not as healthy as as the K two. Well, K2 specifically, and the ones that they did the study on was this K2 menaquinone seven. Um, the other forms, like I think it's MK4, mm-hmm. you have to use milligram doses, super high doses. Um, MK7 is is um, microgram doses, and I think um, that's where all the research is based on. Hmm. So it yeah. goes a long way with that. It works exactly more efficiently. Okay. Yeah. 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 Exciting, and, right? No, it's very exciting. It's, <laughs> it, it kind of clears up a lot of confusion about calcium because, you know, I, I've heard both things. Calcium is so important to do. And you hear the other side, it's going to cause heart attacks. It's like, okay, maybe there's a little more to it than just, you know, good or yeah. bad calcium. Exactly. And exactly. then vitamin D, that's a, that plays a huge role in both bone and heart health, right? It certainly does. Yeah. Vitamin D. Um, you know, I'm recently appointed to, um, the scientific advisory board of this organization called organic and natural.org. Um, it's the organic and natural health association. And, um, you know, vitamin D is also controversial. And the thing is, there's so many studies that show vitamin D is linked to, you know, heart health. It's linked to bone health. It's linked to, you know, prevention of cancers, certain cancers. But it's still controversial because they, we still don't have the data to saying taking vitamin D is going to actually, you know, in humans is actually going to help um, decrease heart disease or help uh, decrease cancer rates. Mm-hmm. So, um, this organization called um, Healthy uh, Organic and Natural dot org. Um, we're doing 
there is an international study on vitamin D that is going on, and it's it's all across the board. Lots of organizations are um, contributing to it, and uh, people need to get involved. And so you can order online your vitamin D kits and test them at home. Hmm. Yeah, and be part of this study. It's really interesting and exciting, and I think this um, this organization is is looking to um, to break, you know, to really prove the benefits of vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and uh, like, how much if you if someone is deficient, what do you see as being how much they should be taking, or, or what's the goal level too of what they should be at? I like to see vitamin D levels over 50, mm-hmm. um, somewhere between 50 and I, I, you know, 90, let's say I'm really happy with those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody's at 50, I'm happy. Um, if somebody's at 30, I give them, you know, it depends. I start off, I usually start off, I'm um, always a little conservative. Mm-hmm. So I would start off maybe a thousand or 2000. Um, I now only prescribe vitamin D plus vitamin K2. Mm. <laughs> They're in one supplement, you know, and, um, and sort of go the, go from there. But it's, it's important to just sort of look at those numbers and see where you're going and, mm-hmm. and, and measuring levels. Yeah. Yeah. Now, heart attacks looks really different in women versus men, or it could. Yes. That's why it can be really confusing if, if a yeah. woman's having a heart attack. So what, what does this look like? What is, what's the typical presentation if, if a woman's having a heart attack? So, um, well, you know, the typical presentation for anybody having a heart attack is still chest pain, where they grasp their chest, they're having chest pain. Mm-hmm. But what they found, um, so first of all, I just have to say, I have to just want to take one quick step back. Um, heart disease is the number one killer of women, mm-hmm. and and most women don't know that. Um, you know, it's it beats breast cancer. Breast cancer is like one in 31 women. Heart disease is one in three women. So it is the number one killer of women. And just at the beginning of this month, the um, American Heart Association put out a scientific paper statement saying that women are um, understudied, underdiagnosed, and undertreated for heart disease mm-hmm. versus men. Mm-hmm. So what we need to do is just make, make women aware and, um, and doctors aware, you know, and, um, and that's, that's their whole point of this go red campaign of, of heart, heart health for women. Mm-hmm. So, so not only is ch- going back to your question, cause that's how women are aware. Not only is chest pain, the number one, um, you know, symptom, but women can present a little bit differently from men. And in that, um, shortness of breath is seen and often it's seen for a few weeks before a woman is experience can experience a heart attack. Mm. So you're feeling a little short of breath. It's different for you. You need to tell your doctor about it. Um, they can have irregular pain, like in their lower or upper back, they can have jaw pain. They can have nausea or vomiting, cold sweats, lightheadedness. So it's definitely a little bit different. If something is new or different from from you, you need to you need to make sure you're like don't don't you know poo poo it. Mm-hmm. Tell you. Yeah, look into it. Yeah, you know, there's no harm in at least checking it out and seeing. Because because if you did have a heart attack, you know, God forbid, there there are some markers that can be elevated in the blood and that's when you can get a real idea if that's, that is in fact what happened. Right? Yeah. Or, or an EKG. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 And you need to just sort of push. And if you don't have a doctor that you know, you need to, to push the, the, whoever you're seeing at urgent care or the emergency room, that this is different for you. You know, mm-hmm. you need to, you need to make sure you're heard. Yeah. Well, let's say someone listening is 
borderline freaking out. They're saying, okay, well, both of my parents might have a heart attack and, you know, I'm getting a little older. What are some things that they can start, you know, let's say just getting into taking care of themselves and starting to eat healthier. What are, you know, knowing that that is that family history and really wanting them to focus on prevention for, you know, for heart health, what, what would be some things for them to keep in mind? Okay. So first of all, I would not be doing my job if I didn't talk about smoking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. It's still the number one killer of, of people and we, it, we have to make it a part of our history. Yeah. Um, I have to tell you the single greatest accomplishment in my life is quitting smoking. Wow. And I did it. Yeah. I did it, uh, almost 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's hard. I know how hard it is, but how'd you, you do it? I, um, have you ever heard of the mad Russian? No, no. So he is an energy worker. He's in, um, Brookline, Massachusetts. He charges $65 and, and, um, and he's, I mean, he's very famous. If you Google the mad Russian, it'll come up like a lot more often people will be like, of course I've heard of him. Um, and he, he, I have to tell you, and even me, I'm open to almost anything. I was skeptical walking in there and I'll tell you, he did something to my brain and it is with every ounce of my being. I know it is so no longer a part of my life. Um, And I was a smoker. I smoked, um, since I was 14 years old, I I was a major smoker. Um, and it is, and you just went cold Turkey after that cold Turkey. So crazy. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Um, so thank you, mad Russian. His name is Yefim Shubensov. (laughs) That's crazy. And the amount of money that you saved on all those packets of cigarettes. I mean, what if he just, if he just charged a little more for his visits or, you know, percentage of of savings. Yeah. Yeah, He was incredible. Incredible. I I send patients to him all the time. Mm -hmm. All right. So the smoking out of the way. Um, so usual suspects and talking about prevention, um, cholesterol, we talked a little bit about there's, you know, it's still a risk factor of heart disease. We need to work on ways to improve that. And that can be with, with diet and exercise and supplementation and each, and, and it really depends on what your numbers, you know, where you're, it takes an integrative or a functional doctor to really look at those numbers to, to work on them, mm-hmm. you know, and using lifestyle, using supplements, and they're very powerful and effective. So exercise, we know losing some weight, dieting, blood sugar, you know, that is, that to me is the, the worst, um, you know, uh, symptom or, 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 um, marker that we can have. And, there, and there's still, there's so much that we can do about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is excess weight. That's what you're saying is the, the biggest risk excess factor. weight and yeah. well, blood sugar, blood oh, sugar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So diet, diet and more diet, you know, stopping sugar mm-hmm. in our diets. Um, and you know, there was actually the, the guy from Boston heart did, did this study on different diets, um, and how they affect your, uh, your cholesterol and weight loss and those kind of things. And what he found, and I thought this was very interesting because, you know, you mentioned it, you're talking to somebody who comes from an Atkins background who really believes in paleo, but I will tell you that almost any plan, like whether it's, it's, vegan or, or paleo or Atkins or Mediterranean, they all work if you follow it. Now they all may not be the right thing for you. So I don't necessarily believe that everybody who, who decides to become a vegan is that necessarily good for them. It's very individualized, but you know, I also don't believe that no one diet fits all. Right. And, um, there has to, you know, so 
Diet is, is a tough question um, on what's going to work for you, but you have to you have to commit to something. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and and um, and follow it correctly. Yeah, I, I think that the the key is all those diets that that quote unquote work. None of them have sugar in them. So, you know, look at the common themes between all of them. Take out the sugar, eat lots of vegetables, eat lots, you know, drink lots of water. And the rest, those little details depends on the person, I think. I think that's where lab testing can be really helpful to come into it. You can run the APOE and maybe if you have, you know, a higher disposition or, you know, higher possibility of getting something like heart disease, then you can look at what fat content you need to have in your diet and those kinds of things. And then also, you know, testing deficiencies. If you have raging deficiencies, if you have, you know, raging iron and B12 deficiency, then maybe vegan diet isn't best for you, but just get exactly. the data and see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The other thing I just want to say, the, the, the studies that are yet actually unpublished that he, he did share with us that I thought was interesting. Um, so I just want to have a quick talk about HDL particles. So we know HDL is, is part of our cholesterol, and that's the good, happy cholesterol. We like HDL to be high. Um, and we also like that particle, when they break it down into particle size, that particle, we like it to be big and fluffy because it, that means it's taking more of that cholesterol out of your arteries, away from your heart, right? Mm-hmm. So um, what they did show was that while most all of the diets that they studied lower cholesterol, lose weight, um, the only diet that improved that HDL particle size was an Atkins diet, which I thought was really interesting. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know, but I was so happy. <laughs> um, you know, and... And uh, the the other bit of that story, though, is that by increasing that HDL particle size um, just a little bit, decreases your risk for cardiovascular disease a huge amount, almost like twenty three percent. There's no medication that can do that. Sort of an interesting little tidbit about cholesterol. Very you know? interesting. Yeah. Wow. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. Well, the other thing, I mean, the other thing is exercise. Exercise increases your, your HDL particle size and number of HDL. You know, we used to think like, oh, there's nothing we can do about HDL. That's, that's no longer true. What about exercise. fish oil? Um, you know, I'm not, so, I don't, I don't think that, I think the story's still out about how much it raises HDL particle size. Mm-hmm. We, we know that it lowers triglycerides, another risk factor. Um, but as far as raising the, the particle size, I mean, I, I definitely would still put them on it. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm not so I'm not convinced it actually raises the particle size of HDL. Circling back to some of these nutrients that we're talking about, you talked about magnesium as being really important for the bones. What what kind of magnesium are you liking for patients? How much yeah. magnesium? I mean, there's just so many options. So many options, yeah. So, um, mag, you know. Uh, magnesium, we definitely don't want to give them a form that's going to be um, a cathartic or basically it goes right, it's an irritant to Mm -hmm. our digestive system and basically gives us diarrhea. So that's what's in like milk of magnesia. It's meant to go right through you. And those are things like magnesium oxide and magnesium citrate. Mm -hmm. Those are not very well absorbed into our cells. And sometimes you want that, right? But Sometimes you want that, (laughs) yes. Um, But for, you know, for cellular health and we want to increase cellular magnesium I use tend to use something, one of two. I'll use magnesium glycinate or magnesium taurate. Mm-hmm. Um, I typically tend to just use a little bit uh, more glycinate, um, and so it's very well absorbed, very well assimilated into your cells. Um, and uh, and you could use a little bit lesser dosing. So I typically use about um, 250 milligrams taken at night um, is a good place to start, and I measure magnesium levels also. Mm-hmm. 
that's another thing that we can, we can measure. Yeah, for sure. I, I do the same. What, what labs are you liking for testing nutrient levels? Um, I, well, as often as possible, I'll use my regular lab, whatever their insurance is covered by, you know, New York is a really hard place to practice. There's a lot of labs have to, every single lab and every single lab test that you do has to be approved by New York state. It's, mm-hmm. it's the craziest. And only very, New York is like that, right? <laughs> only New York. Yes. Of course. It's crazy. So, um, so if, if my regular lab like Quest or Enzo or LabCorp, uh, I could do an RBC mag or an, even an ionized mag through them. So, mm-hmm. and that's typically what I'll do. Um, I do uh, do some ion testing through um, Metametrics, mm-hmm. uh, but um, it's, you know, it's an out-of-pocket expense, so I don't tend to use it all that often. Right. Okay. And most of the labs can do regular nutrient testing, believe it or not. Now, from a, from a heart disease you know, prevention standpoint too, how much does it matter to measure your waist and hips and doing the ratio? Yeah, it's, um, it's, that is such a great, simple test to do a waist to hip ratio. Um, I can't give you the exact numbers, but that, that number, it should be, um, let me think it's less than, is it 0.8 for women and one for men? Yeah. Cause they need to one-to-one ratio. Yeah. So, so you want your waist to hip ratio so waist, you measure your waist, um, the smallest part of your waist to the, to the largest part of your hips. For women, you want it to be less than 0.8. For men, you want it to be less than one. Um, and that is an unbelievable marker, um, that, that tells you your risk factor for, for diabetes or blood sugar problems. Mm-hmm. You know, That's important. Yeah. And important. where your weight carries is important. If it's in the midsection versus, you know, on the thighs or the hips that yeah, different so- information about your body. Such a simple test that, um, I mean, I'm even guilty of not doing it every single time when patients walk in. We should include it in their vital signs. Right. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, you know, sometimes you, you think that the patient may be offended, like, don't measure my waist, but this is, <laughs> this is more important than weight, really, because weight is so misleading or BMI is so misleading. Both. Exactly right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah. And um, do you think that patients should even have a scale or is this maybe a better way to kind of maintain things at home rather than stressing about a number. Yeah. You know, I think it depends on the patient. I think scales are very good for some patients and certainly not good for others. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, you know, your patients who, who, I mean, I have patients that weigh themselves two times a day and it's just, it's making them crazy. I can't carry a scale. I can't have a scale at home. I'll I'll, I'll hop on it every day. (laughs) Like you can feel so hot and then step on a scale and the whole day's ruined. Yeah. And, but then, and then on the other hand, there are patients who are completely cut off from their bodies, have no idea, you know, have not looked at a scale in years and they're the ones who may really benefit from saying, okay, you know, I need to, I need to, I, you know, I'm going to address this head on. I need to look at it and also be motivated from a few pounds weight loss measuring every couple days. You know, it's, it's depends. You have to know your patients and speak to your patients. Yeah. Where do you, you know? think random thought I had, where do you think heavy metals comes into this connection with heart? heart? <laughs> oh, I think, well, we're going to find out, you know, the, the, the TACT-2 trial is going to be starting soon, which is the trial to assess chelation therapy. So chelation therapy is a, a form of therapy that removes heavy metals from the body. And what they found in the TACT-1 trial is that it improved... Um, it improved patients who had a heart attack, had less... Um, 
recurrences of, of a heart attack after doing chelation therapy. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, and it was a very, and specifically patients with diabetes was an, was a really big improvement. Um, and even patients without di- diabetes, there was an improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there, I think that heavy metals is a real risk factor that we have yet to uncover mm-hmm. for heart disease. And we are, it's, it's being looked at now. And I think we're going to find that, that, um, leads, lead and mercury and all these things, um, arsenic, um, can be contributing to heart disease. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Is it that, that it's getting lodged into tissues, maybe in the heart, or maybe it's interfering with the mitochondria or are we still kind I of think, learning that? Yeah, I think it's both. Mm-hmm. I think it's both. Um, you know, I think it's more, I don't know, I, but I do, I think there's, there's mitochondrial dysfunction. There's, there's deposition of, of plaque and, um, and it has to do with also lead, you know, being taken out of your bones. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I, we have yet so much to learn about it. Mm-hmm. I do know, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I do know that the treatment using chelation therapy really does help prevent secondary recurrences of heart disease. So it, it is a viable option. The reasons why we're still trying to uncover. Yeah. In your opinion, bioidentical hormones, good for the heart, bad for the heart. Oh, absolutely good for the heart. <laughs> okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, the, uh, the, um, we've always known that estrogen is cardioprotective, right? It's, 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 we know that estrogen is cardioprotective, protective of our hearts. The problem with the whole women's health initiative studies were done on, on, on progestins or, or synthetic progesterone. Um, and, and that was what was causing, um, heart problems, right. Um, or, or increase in, in, um, and coronary spasms and, and heart disease in women. There's been a lot of studies that have been done on, on micronized progesterone or bioidentical progesterone in conjunction with estrogen, and they are cardioprotective. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think it's only when they're used together, or do you think that they're okay to use them separately when, it, when it's needed? I, I feel really strongly about using them together, regardless of whether or not you have your uterus out. You need mm-hmm. to um, you need to use bioidentical progesterone in conjunction with bioidentical estrogen, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and plus or minus estriol. There's, so, there's a few studies also that show estriol, which is a, there's, you know, our women make three estrogens, estradiol, estriol, and estrone. Um, estradiol is the, is the most common one, the one that really helps with our symptoms of menopause, like hot flashes and that kind of thing. But there's been some interesting studies about estriol also being, um, cardioprotective and, and I do tend to use estradiol and estriol, which is also known as biased, um, two types of estrogen in, in menopausal women. Estrone, we make more of as we get older. We don't need it mm-hmm. when, when we go into menopause. And do you ever put women on, on estrone or is it mainly just the estradiol and estriol? Um, you know what, when, if, um, if I'm doing, uh, younger women for some, I'm trying to think. It's rare that I, I will put somebody on triest, which mm-hmm. is the three estrogens. Typically, it's younger women. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of uh, maybe a younger person who's had a hysterectomy, mm-hmm. um, okay. and they're in their 30s for some reason. I would give them um, some, est- you know, triest, mm-hmm. um, and and maybe even cycle them. Um, 
you know, you try to, it's, it's, it's really just dependent on the person. Yeah. But yeah, I have used it only in younger people though, not in menopausal women. Mm-hmm. What about testosterone for women? What does that come into the conversation? Yeah, that's another one. Um, just so not studied in women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and it is, testosterone is, is a great hormone. We need testosterone. Um, you know, as long as you're looking at levels, measuring levels, um, I think testosterone is important for so many reasons. I mean, you know, big one, we all know libido, but, um, bone health is super important with testosterone, um, improving cholesterol parameters, mood, all those kind of things. Testosterone is important. Um, but it's also incredibly um, regulated, uh, especially now in New York, because of people that have abused it in the past, bodybuilders, those kind of things. Right. So it's um it's it's a little bit of a pain in the arse because <laughs> you know it's it requires frequent appointments and looking at numbers and you know writing uh, special prescriptions for it, but um, so worth it, and I think it's important. I don't have everybody on it because it, it is it is difficult for a lot of people to sort of get in all the you know every three months to do it. But right. I do when I can. Well, I know for for women for for testosterone when they are low and they finally get that you know supplemented with, they can feel like a whole different person. <laughs> you oh, know? it's life changing. Yeah, totally. I mean for and for men too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But it's uh, testosterone is, um, yeah, it's a good hormone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's meant a, to be there. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so, um, gosh, we're flying through this. Are there any, any like, you know, parting words, things you want our listeners to, to know, or, you know, are there any supplements you really like when it comes to heart health right now? Just anything, anything that you're excited about? <laughs> Um, I mean, it's the vitamin K2 is my big, my big message here. I'm really excited about it. I think, mm-hmm. um, I, it's like I said, I'm, I'm adding it to everybody. Uh, um, you know, the other thing I just wanted to say that there was also a recent study about statin drugs. We all know that statin drugs depletes us of CoQ10. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of a known thing. Even many regular doctors, many regular cardiologists are starting now to prescribe CoQ10 with the statin. But interestingly enough, uh, statins also deplete vitamin K levels. Mm. So, um, so if you're on a statin, you should be on vitamin K as well. So yeah, vitamin K is my big message. You need to start taking it. It's inexpensive. Um, gosh, CVS brand, and I never say this, Mm -hmm. there's a brand CVS that, that has menaquinone seven vitamin K two, um, in their brand. It's so it's like a really good reputable brand and it's so inexpensive and easy to get. That's cool. What's the brand called? Uh, CVS brand. Oh, it's a CVS brand. The actual (laughs) brand. (laughs) Good job, CVS. I know. I know. That's impressive. That's my big message. That's that's crazy how a statin could deplete vitamin K2, which then can, you know, potentially increase the risk of someone getting calcification of their arteries. I know. I know. Wow. Uh, So, so there you go. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Cohen, for um, gracing us with your presence tonight and um, giving us some information on something we don't really learn about a lot on the show. So I really appreciate all of that and all the hard work that you do. And I'm sure your patients are very grateful for you too. And where are, where can our listeners follow you and keep up on what you're doing? Um, so my website is www.drdanacohen.com. Um, and, and everything's on there. Cool. Easy. 
Awesome. Yeah. All right, Doc. Well, enjoy your evening. And you too. Uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Lauren. Okay, Be well. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, you guys, that is our show. Thank you so much for your continued support and listens. I love, love, love hearing your stories and how the show is impacting you. If you love the show, I'd love if you could head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. That makes my entire day. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. If, if you can join me at Fit Life Live this weekend, it would be great to see you. You can go over to fitlifelive.com, enter live 400 at checkout and get a good chunk off your registration and hope to see you there. Have a healthy, happy rest of your week and I'll check you guys next week. Bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good. And get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good. And get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10.